Whether it's her first Mother's Day or her 40th, she deserves more. Shop tons of stunning on-trend jewelry for every budget at Diamonds Direct. Diamond fashion jewelry, beautiful birthstones, everyday pearls, starting at just $200. Commemorate the real loves of her life with a gorgeous pendant featuring the birthstone of the one who made her mom. This Mother's Day, Diamonds Direct has everything you need to say thank you. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. Online at DiamondsDirect.com. What's up, this your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. This is Amy Brown from Four Things with Amy Brown. Today, Healthier is happening at CVS Health in more ways than you've ever seen. It's wellness destinations for seniors, including select locations with Oak Street Health and CVS Pharmacy. It's doctors, nurses, pharmacists, and everyone in between offering quality care and support virtually, in person, and on the phone. It's in-home evaluations through Signify Health and meeting mental health needs through Aetna. And those are just a few of the ways that Healthier is happening. To see more, visit cvshealth.com slash healthier happens together. CVS Pharmacy, Oak Street Health, CVS Specialty, Signify Health, and Aetna are part of CVS Health. Eligibility and services vary by location and individual. Welcome to Night Call, a production of iHeartRadio. It's 4.14 a.m. in the Heaviside Lair, and you're listening to Night Call. Welcome back to Night Call, a podcast for your strange days and lonely new decades. Today, we will be talking about, of course, Star Wars and cats. Um, Emily just got back from Berlin and has a hot report for us about the extremely night-cally Museum of Things. But first, welcome back, everybody. Hi. Oh, hello. hello. I'm Molly Lambert, of course. And with me, as always, are (laughs) Emily Yoshida and Tess Lynch. And today we are joined by special guest Alex Pavadimus. Hello. Alex formerly on North Mollywood with me. This is now a supergroup podcast. Yeah. Kicking it off right. There's a there's a multiverse of podcasts and they all kind of intersect. This and- is CSN and Y. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Special crossover edition. Um, Alex is going to join us really to talk about Cats and Star Wars, two things he has very strong feelings about. But first, we're going to start off the year with a night email about a spooky fridge. This night email comes to us from Meredith. Meredith writes... 
Hey, Night Call. First time caller. I live in New York City, and shortly after moving into my apartment, I realized there was weird writing on my fridge. In the beginning, I thought it was a moving-related stress hallucination or something, but then I realized you can only see it fully when the light is hitting the steel fridge in the right way, so usually very early in the morning. I've tried everything to get it off, including having professional cleaners come, but nothing works. The writing appears to be notes or poems in all caps. The largest words are... All alone, my own existence, written in huge letters on the middle of the door. There are a number of insults and what appears to be a reminder that maintenance people came and just an assortment of words that have no real connection and something about sociology. I don't know anything about the guy who lived in the apartment before me. I do feel like the fridge is kind of a sinister entity in my life, although maybe I should befriend it like a ghost who means well. Thank you, Meredith. Wow. This is a real New York. I mean, like, obviously, their apartments are everywhere. Uh, you have to deal with appliances that have been owned by many people in every city. But this feels like specifically like a real New york type situation. I'm trying to figure out how this could have happened. Do you think that it was that there were, like, notes stuck to the fridge for so long that there was photo damage or, like, a pen, you know, like a permanent marker or something that, like, like it came through a post-it note? Yeah. Or do you think this person wrote directly on the fridge? I feel like somebody wrote directly on the fridge. I feel like writing all alone, my own existence, <laughs> um, on your fridge is kind of like a weird like shut-in thing to do. <laughs> and then the landlord... for a dream. Yeah, and then the landlord like scrubbed it down, but you, you know, you obviously couldn't completely break it down. Uh, so there's sort of a ghost image. I mean, that that that's that part. I don't really, it's hard for me to imagine what these other things look like. Like, are they, are they like done by finger? Like, because I was sort of imagining like when you write on, um, when you're with your finger on a fogged mirror and then the fog clears and you can still see. Right. Yeah, like, same, I was imagining something same, like that. Same, but when people do that in, in dust, when they're like, wash mm-hmm. me. Right, yeah. yeah. Um, I don't know. To me, this sounds like they had taped or otherwise placed notes on their fridge and that they were all kind of overlapping because they could have had all alone my own existence could be like part of a note. And then the maintenance person could have been like a sticker and the words that aren't related could just be like layers and layers of notes. I think you're thinking about this like a sane person. Who, That's true. Yeah. Okay. Fair. Like, <laughs> is like, I have to keep track of all alone my existence. Right. Yeah. Um, this seems more like a like a punk fridge situation. Oh, I have I have a thought. What? Uh, okay. It's a steel fridge. Yeah. Like stainless. Like a stainless steel fridge. So I'm assuming it's like a smooth surface. It's not like the textured sort of plasticky, surf- like a white fridge. No. I'm imagining. Somebody probably used their fridge as a, a wipe-off board, and they used um, wipe-off markers. chalkboard paint, you mean? No, with like wipe-off oh. markers. Um, oh. This is – you're going to have to get back to us on this, Meredith, because we're kind of piecing this together from your description. But like, you know, that stuff, if you leave on – right a wipe off marker on a board for long enough. Sometimes it doesn't even come off. Like if you leave something on a wipe off board for a year, sometimes it just doesn't come off anymore. That is an but. interesting point. That could be, it also could be there. People have this like chalkboard paint that I'm wondering if they thought they could remove or you can oh. do, um, they have sticky chalkboard paint that's almost like wallpaper. Yeah. And then if they were writing directly on it, it could have etched itself into the fridge beneath or it just could be haunted by ghosts. Yeah. Um, I feel like I'm I'm willing to explore some rational options before we go for ghosts. But I do think it's like, you know, it's like all these things we talk about where 
it doesn't need to be a ghost to feel like a presence in exactly. your life. A dark presence it's in very, your life. It's very like Russian doll. Yeah. Also. Which, yeah. Yeah. I guess you don't have to think about that as much here. The like 8 million people that lived in an apartment before you. Yeah. I don't know. Like people don't think about fridges enough. Like I think people think a lot about beds and hotels, obviously, and the sheets on hotels. But fridges and apartments... But like a fridge holds a lot of psychic energy, I feel like. Well, the idea also that she can only it's see it when it's like hit it, the light hits it right. in a certain way. I do think maybe you're right that it's like because sometimes you're right, like a white a whiteboard pane. If you like leave it on too long, yeah. it mm-hmm. like yeah. leaves that weird snail trail. But just to know that at some point in your space, somebody was compelled to write all alone my existence while they were in your nice yeah. kitchen. I mean, it doesn't like you know your kitchen that you have tried to make the best of. <laughs> Um, like somebody has had wild and desperate thoughts in there that's a little bit unsettling. What do you listeners think that the spooky fridge havers should do about the spooky fridge? Yeah. Move. They have to move. No, I, or get a new fridge. That's too, no, that's, that's too, too hard. hard. Just move. Yeah. Just move. <laughs> Burn it down. Move. You can't get a fridge out. Everybody can't get a fridge you out do of an apartment see a in lot New York. Of, you it's see impossible. a lot of fridges on the street, though. Yes. Do you? Yeah. There's one on my street right now. It's not mine. They also used to be like, don't play in the abandoned fridges was a big thing. Wait, what? <laughs> what? That, that was a thing. Alex knows what I'm talking about. Maybe this is more of a California thing. Don't play in abandoned fridges. Don't fridge. play in the abandoned fridges. You fridge. shouldn't do it anywhere. Because you get stuck in a fridge? Yeah, you'll shut yourself in. There's all horror stories about like that's They, they have those magnets. <laughs> I think they make them now so they can't do that. Like, oh. So they don't shut from the inside. Yeah. Like, so that you can get out of them. If they are inside. haunted, though. They're like that. They leave. They're on the front lawn, kind of just being haunted a lot, like toilets. I think they have something in them, like air conditioners do, also. So when you see them on the street, they've all all died by violence. Mm. Like they're all yeah. busted open because someone's oh. trying to get the valuable. Like there's a piece of gold or freon, freon. or something in there yeah. that can resell. Are there resell. freon hoarders and lost? Uh, can you go around collecting freon? For coins. It's a combustible converter, catalytic converter, whatever it's called. You guys are really like changing my perception of refrigerators in a terrible <laughs> way. I'm like, you can get trapped in a refrigerator. Like children playing in refrigerators. I had no idea. Um, Meredith, life. Meredith, yeah. please send us a picture of this if you can. I really want to, like, I want, now I'm, I want to know if I'm right about the wipe off board thing. Yeah. So please yeah. get back to that. The worst part is the insults. Sorry, I keep, I won't let it go. I just keep circling I back to the fridge. I think it was a bridge. bad vibe party house. That sounds like a bad vibe party yeah. house to me. Maybe it's a bad vibe party house or or what if they what if she looks up the person who lived there before and it's her? Ooh. <sighs> I just watched Black Swan, so this seems entirely <laughs> plausible. I watched that on the plane that I passed out on, so that explains everything. Yeah, get back to us, Meredith. And if you have a night call for us, we love getting your night calls in whatever format you prefer. Call us or text us at 240-46-NIGHT or email us at nightcallpodcast at gmail.com and we'll be back in a moment with some tales from the dark nights of Berlin. Right after this ad. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. 
Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Hi, I'm Cindy Crawford, and I'm the founder of Meaningful Beauty. Well, I don't know about you, but, like, I never liked being told, oh, wow, you look so good for your age. Like, why even bother saying that? Why don't you just say you look great at any age, every age? That's what Meaningful Beauty is all about. We create products that make you feel confident in your skin at the age you are now. Meaningful Beauty. Beautiful skin at every age. Learn more at MeaningfulBeauty.com. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Welcome back to Night Call. Emily, you just got back from a trip to Berlin where you went to one of the most night call places imaginable, the Museum of Things. Well, I feel like Berlin in general is like one of the most night call places right now, like in a li- very literal sense in that it's like mostly night, like all the time. Mm-hmm. The The sun came up at like 8 or 8.30 in the morning and went down. It was totally dark by 4 every day. So it was um, a lot of night. Like we could do a we could do an intro and it could be like it's five thirty p.m. in Berlin, <laughs> Berlin and it would work. of night. Uh, <laughs> it was the first time I'd ever been there in winter, actually, too. So it was a, a very different experience. But I did go to the Museum of Things, which I now kind of put in this canon of museums that I I don't know. I love a good small, very unique museum. Like the Museum of Jurassic Technology is kind of I think like a pinnacle of that kind of a museum where you have to kind of figure out what the space is as you're navigating it. Like somebody has curated this stuff and it makes sense, but you're not going to get it at first. And the only way to do it is to kind of like actually move through and figure it out. Um, It's fun. It's like a 
mystery dinner or something. <laughs> um, what, what are the things in the Museum of Things? So the Museum of Things is an archive. It's 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 the archive of the Deutsche Werkbund. I'm going to use my terrible, I don't know, a lick of German. It's amazing. I like, I, I, I it's one of, it's, I, Anytime I go to like France or Japan, I kind of am exhausted because I'm trying to figure out how to speak there and I don't know any German at all. So I can like lay back and let other people do it for me. So I don't know anything. But it's the it was this um, kind of government, uh, I don't know, initiative. It predated um, the Bauhaus school and it was just this like initiative to create a specifically German idea of like design and like what manufactured good like consumer goods should look like and and graphic design and advertising and stuff like that because they wanted to be competitive with the other um, kind of first world countries, I guess. Um, and it's so it's an archive. It's like it's kind of through that lens, but the stuff there is not all stuff that was created by the Verkbund and the people who uh, were designers for it. Um, it's kind of just like cabinet after cabinet that basically as you move through it goes through time, just kind of showing you what everyday objects, if you lived in Germany and both East and West Germany, uh, looked like as you went through time. Are you going backwards in time? Or no, you're going forwards, forwards in okay. time. Because it started in, um, I think, 1900. Seven? Yeah, 1907, I think, or 1909. Um, so it starts about there and gives a lot of examples of like the kind of objects and consumer goods that they thought were trash and were very vocally um, critical of. And it's just like, it's like a spoon or like a, a picture frame that and like somebody at the Verkbund like set aside and it's like, bad. <laughs> this is a Ugly. bad picture frame. Um, and then... I mean, so, so, and then they have a lot of stuff that was like, so one of the things that's like the very signature um, look that came out of this organization was sort of those, the very um, abstract sprayed on designs that are like, they look very Eastern block, that kind Is of that 70s. Is that the plates with the, yeah. Yeah, yeah. If you're a subscriber to our newsletter, you can see some pictures from there. Also, you can just like Google. The, the plates with the ants? No, the plates no. were the geometric patterns yeah. and they looked like, yeah, I mean, kind of like Germany meets like New York loft yeah. of the primary color kind of rectangles. Yeah, it's that super kind of like Soviet look of just and it's like non. The idea is that like you don't want anything figural in it. You're like kind of just you're trying to do something decorative without being decorative. Boring. Um, I mean, a lot of it is quite pretty, I think. Like, a lot of it looks but great. But how much of the kitsch did you like? Were you like, ooh, I like the bad stuff? I mean, I like the bad stuff, too, but then it gets really... I mean, it's it's the old bad stuff is funny, because mm -hmm. you're just like, oh, like, they abhorred this chintzy, like figure of the Virgin Mary or whatever like stuff like like a lot of religious objects are in the bad section <laughs> but then um, as it goes forward and you get closer to the present day and you're like looking at like iPod nanos and oh, what were some of the other things just like like dumb toys for kids like you know that was kind of like cardboard with the plastic on, on top like that kind of design of mm -hmm. packaging um, that's sort of glued on like all these, you know, a lot of it from like the 80s, 90s and O's, you're just like, man, we like make so much crap. Yeah. Like, and, and it's interesting to see it. Like a museum is good for that. Like you can really contextualize like something that you don't think about in the everyday when it's in a, behind a cabinet and with a placard over it and you're looking at an iPod Nano from 2005 or whatever. <laughs> you're like, 
Huh. <laughs> it's like the museum in... Um, <laughs> Do you ever see the really bad Time Machine movie from like 2002 or something? Is that the Guy Pierce one? Yeah. No, but oh, I've yes. seen the original like a billion oh, times. Yeah. I love the original. Um, I saw, I saw the... <sighs> I just remember that Samantha, iconic Irish pop star Samantha Mumbo was in um, The Time Machine the and Orlando Jones. But Orlando Jones in it is, um, he's like the holographic, um, I guess, like docent at the museum of, like a history museum there. And they just have like stuff from today. And, and it's sort of like, a, oh, why is this? You is that know? where The Time Machine is? Um, I can't remember. It would make sense. Was it? Or does he build it at home, as in the original? No, I think he goes to the future, and the museum is there in the future, and everybody has died, but the museum is still there. Anyway, but like I, I don't know, I like that kind. Of, like I like it's it, it's a it's a really interesting place to think about. Objects. I have two questions. Yes, one of them is that you shared a picture that's in our newsletter <laughs> of you knew I was yes. going to ask this. There's a tea set, a white porcelain looking tea set with very realistic ants yeah on, painted onto it yeah that i that gave me a nightmare it's horrible, <laughs> horrible nightmare no i i mean it, it it didn't give me a nightmare but it made me supremely uncomfortable it's so and uncomfortable. i knew i had to share it with you as soon as when I is could. that from um that was that seemed i think that was like in the 50s or 60s Damn. Or something. and that yeah. was good or bad i think it was bad I think it was an it no, was an it's example good. It's of good. It's chaotic for it's sure. It's chaotic good. Um, and then the other thing there was a there was a laptop with like a cutout <laughs> picture of a boy. What was going on there? No, the, all the electronics they had these little like pictures that seemed to be cut out of magazines at the time, like yeah. children's magazines at the time of like kids doing cartwheels and stuff on the. <laughs> it on, was so weird. It, it was, was like very a clunky weird. laptop arranged with a little cut out. Boy, yeah, but it really kind of crudely yeah. cut out. So he was just kind of like shrugging his face. That was purely on? that was purely an act of like expression on the part of whoever put that together. Like I, I loved I it. Don't think just that's municipal like, art. Just yeah, trying to make it <laughs> slightly it more lively. It, it, it seemed so wrong for a museum, which made it seem so right for this museum. Yeah, <laughs> um, <laughs> but I highly recommend the museum if you ever find yourself in Berlin. It's um, it's you know, it's it's an hour too uh and and super interesting you learn a lot and you think a lot about trash and pre-trash <laughs> <laughs> um i just went to the la brea tar pits for the first time in a while because they're threatening to redevelop it which they should not do as Wait, part of the perfect. the remodel as of part the... of the like never-ending fiasco that right. is the miracle mile overhaul uh they're building a death star uh hollywood museum which we'll talk more about Death Stars mm -hmm. shortly. Well, there's also the, the Lucasfilm That's the museum. Death Star. Yeah. It's literally the, in the shape of a Death yeah. Star. <laughs> it's um, very it's bad. But the La Brea Tar Pits is like a 70s, late 70s, early 80s museum. It's super weird. I love it so much. Um, there are no dinosaurs. It is only giant sloths, giant bear type things. California native super fauna. <sighs> I was so disappointed when no, I first went to the Librea Tar Pits. Now it's fine. But when I was a kid, I came out here and my parents were like, we're taking you to the Tar Pits. And I was like, what is that? And they were like, it's, you know, there used to be like tar underground. And the, there are all of these 
animals in the tar and i was like great like a zoo but they're like covered in tar and they're like no (laughs) there's sculptures of animals in tar terrified and and you're just like this is scary oh it's so scary not sure how to interact with the elephant and the mom yeah it's so especially when you're a kid and you're like oh that kid is watching one of its parents die right forever it's like it's the scene from never ending story yeah frozen in time it makes an impact it It certainly does certainly does (laughs) um great museum and it's just like a little weird loop it's got a great gift shop also and a weird hill you can roll down that kids love to do i've Um, never i've never been to the museum oh you gotta go been to the park there's a part where they explain why it exists and that's just as weird as anything where they're just like somebody owned this big plot of land with a huge bubbling tar pit in it and it's like developed many times like it belongs to a lot of different people but they all are like this is the historical feature we like must leave it intact didn't you say at some point molly that there were tar pits under the beverly center or did i make that up there's an oil, oil. well an oil oh, well yeah. center i don't like thinking about there's what's tar under there and and stuff underneath the whole the whole city they were finding they found some mammoths when they were doing the subway recently they found some more some uh, more mammoths it just is, makes you think about what could happen to all of us. Yeah. There was, um, in the subject of things that are underground in Los Angeles, when I was in college, there was once a, um, I, I hesitate to call it a bomb scare, but it was this, like, we had to abandon the campus for an afternoon because they found, like, old World War II nuclear, like, no, not nuclear, just, like, bombs. They, I think they were worried that they were nuclear, but they were just, just like... Just by accident? They, they were, were like, just oh, like that. Underground, because they were doing construction work down where all those condos and stuff are now in Playa Vista. This is at UCLA? No, this is at Loyola, Maryland. Yeah, yeah. And, um, and, yeah, somebody just stashed those there. So you never know what you'll find if you go digging in Los Angeles. <laughs> Tess, what's the weirdest museum you've ever been to? That's a good question. I have a tendency to go to museums and then just like erase the whole experience from my mind to leave room for new museums. I did go to a weird (laughs) museum in it was a long, long time ago. I was visiting a friend in Munich and we went to Austria and I tried to Google it right before I came here to do this podcast because I was like, what is it called? What is it called? And I cannot find it for the life of me. I was a kid and with her family, so I had no idea. And I'd never been to Germany, so I had no idea where I was or what I was doing. But um, it had, like, a lot of jars of oddities, preserved oddities. And then I remember that I did go to the Bunny Museum once, um, which I think we've talked about on this podcast, another hidden memory of museums. I don't think I even know that you went to the Bunny Bunny Museum. Yeah, there's just this really, like, sad, creepy. No, no. It's good. Chaotic good. Chaotic good. Uh, it's a woman's collection of a billion stuffed animals and like bunny uh, statues and things. Oh, yeah. If okay, you would good. like to really go down a hole on Yelp, a that's rabbit. a good a a rabbit Emily, hole. I'm gonna, yes. I'm gonna say Emily would love it. Okay. <laughs> Look on Yelp. It, there, are, there are conflicting reports of, it's like by Santa Barbara, right? No, it moved. Oh, it, it was moved. in Pasadena in her house yeah. and then she moved it into a space I heard. Alex, did you maybe go there recently? I have not actually been there, but oh, I've, I've contemplated it because as a delightful go. thing for a small child, but then I've been like, is this going to be delightful? <laughs> I heard be, from Yelp yeah. that it's not to be done with the small children. No, well, also, for, I think she's grumpy. Well, no, she's bunny. like, she's she's an, 
an eccentric person, but it's like the perfect like woman from a David Lynch movie, like showing you her yes. bunny. Oh, Emily's getting so <laughs> She shows go. you her bunnies. There's like a. It just looks like a Mike Kelly photo. It's yeah. just like a room with like a million bunny stuffed animals, like stuffed into every crevice. Yeah. And then she takes you outside to the bunny graveyard where the bunnies that have passed are. Yeah. Um, and then she tries to sell you her book about the apocalypse. Does it smell like some of the Mike Kelly stuff smells? <laughs> Has um, like a real, like like can't homie. say. I'll can't be the say. one to say yes, but maybe <laughs> I haven't been there recently. But she moved into a space now. Yeah, and we should all go. It's okay, great. maybe. Um, that's a weird museum, and obviously, the Museum of Jurassic Technology is a favorite of all of ours. Although I'll be the one to also say that museum has a funny smell as well. Oh hey, yeah, I mean all museums do. Does it need a little sulfury or something? Yeah, well, there's the there's the little outdoor area that's very bird smell. Oh, uh, yeah. aggressively bird smell. And then yeah, inside there's kind of, it's kind of a sulfury. I went there the most recent time I went there was maybe four years ago, um, and I believe or maybe maybe it was five years ago, and I was pregnant. I'm gonna that oh yeah, that's out. why you had bird smell was a Oof. thing that you think is a thing. Yeah, <laughs> it is a thing. I swear. <laughs> Yeah, but yeah, I definitely I prefer all the weird cluttered stuff to, you know, minimalist gallery white wall stuff. Mm -hmm. To a point, to a point. I enjoy it all. I enjoy it all. My favorite museum in 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 Berlin has just got like two things in it. It's the Pergamon Museum. I mean, it's got a lot of stuff in it, but it's like built around two giant things, and you just go and you see the things and you leave. It's great. Um, I went to a weird mushroom museum also. Yeah, what was in that? In rural Pennsylvania. Um, we were in Philadelphia, me and my family, and we went to a botanical garden in the burb somewhere. And on the way, we stopped at this, like, just because my parents were into all kinds of, like, you know, weird roadside attraction type stuff. Yeah, and it was a weird, it was, like, just about mushrooms. It was just, Psychedelic or edible or inedible or... Just edible, like a mushroom farm being, like, the history Mm. of mushrooms. People eating fungus. Yeah, and just, like, here's all the different kinds. I love museums like that. that Like, hyper-focused museums. Yeah. About, like, one thing. Yeah. Yeah. Alex, do you have a favorite museum? I do. I mean, in this this category, I have many favorite museums, but uh, the Grant Museum in London... Uh, where you can, it's in like the, it's one of the university districts. It's in like one of those college buildings. And uh, it's like a weird zoological museum with a, a, like, it's really small and packed with all of these specimens, like preserved in like Ooh. old school ways. Like we're talking like formaldehyde. Yeah. Oh, like, that was like the no. one I went Like to. a monkey in a jar, no. like, a, like just a jar of moles. Isn't yes. that you like know? the, um, in Philadelphia, I haven't been there, but there's the, um, the, the Mutter Museum. Yeah, Mutter Museum. Yeah, I don't, I can't do any I of that I love that stuff. stuff. Yeah. No, that's my jam. That seems to me also like European museums. Like, oh, we've just got like a billion ancient things in jars that we stole. Oh, there's definitely like man in the closet <laughs> like, at the Grand Museum. Yeah. There's they hu- have, humans. They, they wait sure. till the culture is they ready. They hide for all this. that stuff in the basement at the LA Natural History Museum, which is like also a good weird museum. Yeah, I'm always a little let down by the LA Natural History. Well, it's History not the Museum. New York Natural History but Museum. But I've never even been to the New York Natural History. Well, then what History. are you doing with your life, Emily? It's amazing. The squid I don't know. and the whale seems overrated. You don't it's, know. You haven't been. Like everything in New York, it's like everybody's made their impression of it. Wait, Wait, you I lived can't. in New York for that many years and you never went to the Natural History Museum? That's like the only thing that is fun to do I went, there. I went to the Met like four times. And I went to... All right, if we go to New York to do a live we'll show, we're going to the Natural History for Museum. For sure. I haven't been there forever. You can't even do it in a day. 
It's true. It's like Disneyland for nerds. I actually really love the LA Natural History Museum. Me I'll too. stand for that. Well, and I love the Science Center. The Science Center is great because it's also free. It's free, yeah. I love a Science Center. I always love a the Science Center. The whole weird Exposition Park Plaza is super haunted mm-hmm. for sure. Definitely maybe some nukes under the Natural History Museum there. Check know. it out. If you have nukes in your backyard, <laughs> <laughs> give us a night call. one 260 We're going to take a quick break and come back with another night call or night email, I suppose. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of. A degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global. Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Hi, I'm Cindy Crawford, and I'm the founder of Meaningful Beauty. Well, I don't know about you, but, like, I never liked being told, oh, wow, you look so good for your age. Like, why even bother saying that? Why don't you just say you look great at any age, every age? That's what Meaningful Beauty is all about. We create products that make you feel confident in your skin at the age you are now. Meaningful Beauty. Beautiful skin at every age. Learn more at MeaningfulBeauty.com. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Hello, welcome back. We have a night email from Christina. Hi, Night Call. I was so thrilled with Karina's Song of the South episode. I'm loving the new season of her show, and I have long had a love-hate relationship with Splash Mountain. As a SoCal native, I remember the whole thing with the America Sings accident and the recycled animatronic animals, and it's never sat right with me. Did you guys know the robots in the Star Tours queue are also recycled geese from America Sings? 
You can tell by their webbed feet. Anyway, my point. There are few things I love more than a homegrown, off-brand theme park, and there are too many in this country to ever have time to visit. When I can't sleep, I love discovering ride-through videos of all the crazy dark rides in random parks I'll never go to, such as Garfield's Nightmare in Kennywood, Pennsylvania. <laughs> this is how I discovered that Splash Mountain was actually patterned after a deeply weird log ride in Six Flags, Georgia, based on the Uncle Remus stories called Tales from the Oak... Okifinoki oh, Swamp, which still sort of exists today as Monster Mansion. This video makes me feel like I am losing my mind. I don't know how to explain any of this, so I won't try. Also, I highly recommend you plan a night call trip to Epcot before Disney ruins it and turns it into an IP-drenched Build-A-Bear for alcoholics. I'm obsessed with Epcot because it crystallizes the exact moment in the 80s before we stopped being able to visualize the future. Bye for now, Christina. Christina, what a great email. Great yeah. night email. Very, very good night email. Vivid prose. For <clears throat> show. Well... Do you guys have a favorite tiny uh, theme park or one that you grew up in, maybe? Uh, I used to go to the Goshen Fair, but I don't think that counts, which is like an agriculture fair, but it had some dinky rides. Oh, I've always wanted to go to an agricultural fair. Oh, I milked the cow. I drank the cream. It was the whole the whole thing. <laughs> yeah. The pies, the hogs. Uh, I went every year. Friend of Night Call, It's the Brandy on mm. Twitter, posted about the... Minnesota State Fair, I think it was. Our and, friend Kara would yeah. often talk about the Minnesota State Fair. And it seemed unbelievable, like very much up our alley too, because she was in a seed art, com- a crop art competition where oh, you make yeah. seed art, and it was yeah, just like people making seed art of current events and things. I love a state fair. I love a state fair for that kind of stuff. I I was a frequent um, entrant into. There was a state fair. It wasn't a state fair, but it basically was a state fair in Washington that had a, a huge Lego competition. Ooh. That I was always oh, entering that. I went to Legoland and really liked it. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. I, I liked Lego. Well, Legoland. It's for babies. many Legolands now, I think. Yeah. It's like, yeah. It's, it's for babies, but it's good. I mean, I've, I've never been. Miniatures. But. There used to be a miniature museum to bring it back to museums um, <laughs> in L.A. That was really good. Um, well, you went to maybe the opposite of a I went tiny homegrown. I went to Galaxy's Edge, and we talked about it last week, and then we got a response from another friend of the podcast, uh, Podcast The Ride, the podcast about theme park rides. Um, one of those dudes wrote us on Twitter to say that the reason that Star Wars Galaxy's Edge is so janky and dystopian feeling is they ran out of money. Oh. Is it janky and dystopian feeling? Yes. Oh, yeah. I forgot you weren't here for this. No. The, the cantina, Emily, they only have a charcuterie plate, and it's only like one. It's like a green piece of It's so meat weird. All just... of the choices they made are so weird. And and Johnny, my boyfriend, said it sounded like Inner Zone from Naked Lunch. And mm-hmm. then last night, I watched Total Recall, and I was like, oh, my God, it's just like Total Recall. That is what... And I could enjoy it again, because... But do kids who are going there care about the charcuterie plate or they care about like paying $200 for a lightsaber? It's not for kids in any way. Really? It's so weird. It's like they made the weirdest choices and they started developing it around the time of Solo. So it's like... Yeah, that's the weird thing to me that I've heard about it is that it's not really that based on the classic trilogy, which feels like a huge misstep. It's a huge misstep. And then they sell only just like the weirdest dolls and the weirdest they, things. Molly had a picture of one that was like a rubber octopus with a hole in its rear. Yeah, you would love it. You would love it. <laughs> yeah. 
And the animatronics are just super, like, the choices made are super weird, but apparently they, like, ran out of money for the project. They over... That seems... They went over budget. I... They wanted to open it in time for the Star Wars movies. Disney, the Walt Disney Company ran out of money. Let me tell for you, Star Wars. Let me land tell you, it happens Disneyland. more than you would think. The poor. They want us to bereft. think that that can't happen, but there was a thing like two years last year about um, someone who said they were juking the stats. Uh, with the theme park stuff to try and make the company look even more profitable, and then they really? filed the whistle, fire the whistleblower. It's just like Succession parks, <laughs> parks and cruises is always <laughs> where the skeletons are. It's true. Well, um, this continues to be a Star Wars podcast um, for how many weeks now? We have a good streak going. <laughs> it's it, off and on for the past two months. I, I would say there was the anticipation phase. Yeah. Yeah. And the, the, we we had like our whole Baby Yoda um, appetizer. Yeah, not a Baby bouche. Yoda in sight at Star Wars Land. Isn't that so weird? That's the only thing that makes me think like, are they stupid? They at are Disney? stupid. Yeah. Like, That's what I'm saying. They're yeah. not. They don't know what they're doing. They want us to Wild. think they always know what they're doing, but they don't. <sighs> it's ticky tacky. Alex um, Papadimus, welcome back to Night Call <laughs> for the Star Wars Cats a Palooza. You're allowed to talk now. Yeah. Thank were- you so much. There were two most important, the two most important releases of the holiday season that we haven't been able to talk about yet. We can start with Star Wars, which you all saw. Can you believe it? <laughs> you say you say that so accusingly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely saw Star Wars. Um, Alex, what did you think about uh, Tross? I I saw it first of all. Uh, what what does the refrigerator say? All alone by myself. <laughs> It dead center. I did everything I could to make myself like it and to make myself have a feeling while I was yeah. watching it. I said like dead center and dome and arc light, you know, opening well, day, nice. really, you know, excited. Uh, it, it, it hurts to, to see a bad Star Wars still. Yeah. I mean, I hate to be a, you know, 42 year old white guy born in the 70s. And, but like it, it does mean something to me and it means something to me when it's bad. And I, I, I was just, uh, you know, there were people on either side of me like cheering and I was really, I think, bumming them really? out. Yeah, well, it was full. It was packed. So there were all these people, like oh. all these dudes on either side of me just like really getting into it and like laughing at the jokes. And I was like, come on. Like, this was on old, like opening day. Yeah, just I'm I'm just sitting there, just like just just comic book guy, face comic book <laughs> yeah. guy. You wrote this the movie. best the best comic book guy uh, piece of the year, also about um, Marvel and Scorsese and all those things that I thought was really good. I was like, this is who I wanted to hear from about this, and you said all the things. Thank you. Star Wars made me want to pitch. A follow-up, like, during the holidays, which I would never do ordinarily. Well, there's an interesting thing. Like, it's an interesting thing to compare it to, especially them both being, like, Disney properties, is that I think that Marvel, especially among film Twitter types, gets a lot of... And and I guess, like, DC, to an extent, now that Joker's been out, but gets a lot of flack for, like, oh, you're just trying to, like, imitate other genres of actual movies. (laughs) say actual with, with heavy scare quotes that I will get added about I'm sure but um but Star Wars is like the opposite in that the only thing it's ever going to quote is itself um it like do, like the, either no, nobody's maybe maybe down the line if they truly do a zillion Star Wars movies like everybody was afraid they were going to do a few years ago I don't think that's going to be the case anymore but um 
but like maybe we'll get the Martin Scorsese Star Wars movie. I'm, I'm actually kind of curious what that would look like. But in general, that's not the problem that they have. I thought that was what they were trying to do with Solo and nobody wanted it, it turns out. Oh, if they were trying to do that, then... It, but that was like the gritty 70s like Star mm, Wars attempt to be like, hey, remember the thing you liked about this? Mm. But they're all like that. And then they I feel like maybe they start out as that and then they eventually just re- revert back to type. Like it just reverts back to eating its own waste and kind of right. just ingesting it and kind of, you know, here's the thing that you, exactly. Here's the thing you like kind of we move the the pieces around. What is the thing that you like about it? About Star Wars in general yeah. or um mm, I think it is a fun world. I think it is. It feels very expansive. It feels endlessly like you can make up new stuff within it. And it's fun to think about stuff that feels like Star Wars and doesn't feel like Star Wars or actors who feel like Star Wars, like like uh, um, Richard E. Grant showing up in, in Return of Skywalker. It's like, ah, yes, a Star Wars face. He was really great. He's so He's good great at in it. everything. Yeah. And, and, and same with like Ben Mendelsohn in, in Rogue One. I'm just like, yay. Like, like. Ben Mendelsohn. Oh, I will also just like. Yeah, we just like Ben Mendelsohn. Eat up Ben Mendelsohn and anything. You also look like Princess Leia right now because you have your headphones on and they look like. Well, we all look like Princess (laughs) Leia. (laughs) But yeah, I think like I, I, um, I don't know. I mean, it is a lot of it is nostalgia. I watched it for the first time when I was like seven. It's very impossible for me to be have any kind of critical distance at this point, and I do feel like I'm probably like in for life with all Star Wars things, no matter how bad it gets. It's just sort of a burden that I will bear for my life. But I do genuinely like parts of the new movie and those parts that I like, it's because it's like, that's good Star Wars. Like, I think that Rey is like a good Star Wars character. They kind of screwed up some stuff in this last one, but I think in general, it's, it, and it's like a fun, it's just like a fun kind of simple comic booky type character. What about like Babu the, Frick? Oh my god, I love Babu Frick. I, Babu Frick. I was like, okay, maybe I do like Star Wars. Oh this yeah, this is the first Star Wars movie I've seen. Babu Frick is a great Star Wars. Yeah, like primo Star Wars, and it like really sh- it really shines in that movie because it's like, oh, but this is what I'm here for. Babu I wanna- Frick's like a little critter that looks like <laughs> Flight of the Navigator or something. Like he's made of all thumbs. Yeah, everything yeah. in Star Wars Land looks like something out of our Nightmare Shady's puppet movies. Yeah. Fantasies. That, that uh, stuff is fun. That stuff is fun. And the Ewoks. The Ewoks are good. Were there any uh kiddies? There's, oh. there's Ewoks in in Return of Skywalker. Brief, very brief. Very brief Ewoks. Yeah. But they are there. They go to Endor. But not the forest moon of Endor where the Ewoks live. I wish the Star Wars park was Endor or like any of the places that I would want to go That's in Star Wars just land. The Redwoods. Well, <laughs> true. Mm-hmm. And you're right. I don't have to pay to go there. You're making some very know. good points. We we live in. Um, well, we kind of basically live in Star Wars because it was all a lot of it was shot around here. Yeah. So. Um, Alex, what was your biggest complaint, or is it impossible to choose? No, I don't know if it's even like a complaint. It's it it's it's more just that it it, it seems like it, it's such a missed opportunity. Like I watched the first like well, you watch Force Awakens and you're like, oh okay, so they had to sort of this was a very hard needle to thread because they had to make a bunch of new things for kids to be excited about, and they had to give people the thing that they wanted. Mm-hmm. You know, who'd been in you know sort of the old people like me who were like where the best thing about Star Wars is being five. 
Like, and so both of those things had to happen simultaneously. And I was like, okay, like JJ did that. And like now, okay, now we can have a, a last Jedi that's going to sort of maybe go in a different direction. Mm-hmm. And this one was like, no, 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 mm-hmm. we're bringing it all back home. And like, it's going to be all the things that you like. And it just sort of felt like, I mean, I use this metaphor too much in things, but it, it felt like, you know, oh, you like Star Wars? Like here, you can smoke a whole carton <laughs> of Star Wars right yeah. here. It's like all the Star Wars things. And so anything that is, because there are things in there that are good Star Wars. And like Babu Frick is fun. I like the little uh, lamp robot who's yeah, yeah. Oh, that was the best Dio. part yeah. excuse no, me thank no thank you no thank you oh, yeah the little oh he was so cute i loved him he looked like well, a little megaphone on wheels but he didn't like to be touched he didn't like to he had been oh, like well, he had, he had when trauma when you were gone last week we were talking about the little robot the waiter robot at the airport yeah LAX. Do you know what I'm talking about? The one that's like, please come in. Oh no. my God, Emily. We, it's we'll just show like you. that. It's yeah. like a little service robot Aww. and it makes you sad. It looks Aww. a little bit like C3PO, but it's smaller and white. And she's outside a restaurant. And she's like, welcome to the restaurant. How can I help <laughs> what, you? Really? You, yeah. And you can talk to her, but people are mean to her. And so you'll she's gonna see. She's going to learn bad behavior. Yeah. You'll, you see Shit. people like, you know, just sort of like egging her on and she just kind of like keeps trying her. It, it makes uh, me like emotional. I can't even oh, talk about no. it. We talked about it last week oh, and now God. we can never talk about it again. Well, I think, I, the, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to get, because I have no outlet for these sorts of things and I was like very loath to go on Twitter and talk about Star Wars, especially when I was on vacation. (laughs) That just sounded like something I didn't want to go, like a path I did not want to go down. But I think that a problem that became very apparent in in this movie was that, like, we only know how to do heroes' journeys now in these movies. Like, that's it. There's no other kind of character arc that anybody can have. And this was the problem with Solo. And... So I think, like, if this new trilogy, whatever you want to call it, is about Rey, then cool. Like, pretty good story. I don't even care that she's, like, Palpatine's granddaughter or whatever. I mean, it's stupid. But, like, I don't know. I think, like, it it holds up. I think the whole, like, kind of arc that she goes through holds up is, like, a pretty strong story. It's just, like, they did not know what to do with anybody else in those movies. No, like, yep. and, and the fun thing about original trilogy Star Wars is that You've got this main kid who has to go through a transformation and go on and you know have his hero's journey or whatever. But it's like you also have two other interesting people who are there. Um, well, that's the only reason it's good, right? Is well, it's like Carrie a, Fisher and Harrison Ford yeah, are there. Yeah, and they and they and there's something to follow there, and they kind of play off of each other, and the the and the dynamic is different from movie to movie, and it but they're like it feels of a piece, and this is just like. It's about Ray discovering she has the Force, and then two other guys who like each other. <laughs> it's just, I don't know. It just. I, I also loved Oscar Isaac just being like, "They should have made us gay." Like yeah. he oh. has been doing the best press tour about yeah. it, just being like, "Yeah, yeah." I just wish they'd just done it. Yeah, yeah. It's weird though because I feel like on both sides there's this level of investment there's the people who hate that it's about that you know that it's about a woman and that you know that sort of that there's like black characters now and the, the, the people who think it's too woke there's that side of it and then there's the people who are like super invested in like i want finn and poe to be in love with each other and i want yeah. that to happen and like we need more better representation in these movies and it's like i feel like both of those people are responding to this incredible lack of they're there yeah that there's mm-hmm. nothing on either side except that potential for something representational yeah. to happen yeah. because there's no character stuff whatsoever yeah. about 
anything. It's like Finn is like the word. It's like that seemed like such a cool idea at that beginning. The first yeah, time you see really, John Boyega in that it's movie, it's like very really good exciting. premise. Yeah. I'm like, cool. I, I like this Star Wars. Like this is a good idea for a new Star Wars. I don't know. And it's like, and you have Lewin Davis and you have all the, it's like, there's so much, there are people who could have done things. But That's they're the just point. like action Some, figures. Nothing happens. Exactly. Yeah. Like, so like, I think it's, yeah. It and like then two are... women kiss and it's like, we did it. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, and, and it's like totally blinking. You miss it. It has no substance whatsoever. The guy hugging the slug was like held that shot for longer. <sighs> like I was like, wait, is that but it? I love the <laughs> guy hugging the slug. That was one, one part where I, I had to turn to David and be like, <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah i don't know I, and and i and i also this is my other hot take about this movie and about these new star wars in general i don't know that i ship them but i like ray and um kylo or ben or whatever. oh my god of course you do you're, what? you're a kylo ren shipper <laughs> yeah totally i think it's like a very interesting relationship for a like big blockbuster movie. It's a very it's it's very much a sci-fi a, version of the like the person that you met on a chat board or like a message board when you were in junior high that you like have some kind of like weird friendship with and you're not sure if it's going to turn into something else. Like that's like and that's then what, they're Darth Vader. And then they turn into Darth Well no and then and then you like find them later on and they're like alright or whatever. Like that, yeah. <laughs> that's but it's like it's a well, very unique again, I feel I like know. people trying to project po- like actual politics in this oh, no, it doesn't this movie work at is all. like a fool's errand and yet I see like people trying to do it anyway. I'm just using that as an example of like what if what if you were friend like what if a, but through the power of the force and or the inner like you could be in contact with somebody you never would have met otherwise and then like you find out you have some things in common but then it's like oh god but like you know but it was it was better before they like created this thing where they were connected cosmically on some genetic or sort of like hereditary level like it was when they just sort of had a thing and then it was like she was but she was just a person like that would have been interesting but then when it was like oh they were meant to be together all along because J.J. Abrams can't not square the circle you know Okay, I'm gonna get very, very geeky for a second here. Okay, I don't. What, what do they call that? A dyad. The dyad in the force. The dyad of the force. Okay, that's bullshit. That's never. Nobody knows what that is, um, except if you're related to somebody, I guess. But like, also, healing, like force healing, is bullshit. Now, force healing. now they're just now they're just Wolverine. Like, <laughs> and also, you know what? Also, the, like in addition to the, the the force healing is bullshit, but also the thing where suddenly, oh, now we can pass stuff along. That was like, crazy. We can teleport <laughs> physical objects. Yeah. Like, like you're telling me, like Obi Wan Kenobi never figured out how to do that. Yeah. Or, and no, yeah. Yoda couldn't do it. There's mm-hmm. never been a Jedi before who could do it. But it's like then the Emperor is like, oh sure, that, that, that you can pass yeah. a lightsaber. Of course, you could do it. Yeah, it's hard, but you could do it. You know, uh, you come guys, on. You guys are talking in wingdings right now. <laughs> Listen. Zap for dingbats. Well, I know something that Molly, that you're well versed in. I was going to say, speaking of a universe that is very grounded and has perfect cinematic logic, <laughs> um, I and saw, a passionate fan and base. a passionate yeah. fan base um, from the '80s. Tom Hooper's cats. Tom Hooper's cats. I wish they would have put that. Tom in the Hooper's title. Andrew Lloyd Webber's <laughs> cats. Francis Ford Coppola's Tom Francis Hooper's cats. <laughs> Uh, Cats is the best movie I've ever seen. It's so good. Alex, you can you can testify. I will testify. I, I had an amazing experience. Did you well, have the opposite experience of the Star Wars experience? I had the opposite experience of the Star Wars experience. I walked out elated and alive with like the power of cinema and music and cats. And song. And song. 
Any the uh, yeah. Am I the only person who didn't see it here? No, I didn't see it. Oh. I'm I'm really <laughs> struggling here, you guys. Everyone I know, I was telling Molly and Alex that I know people who have seen cats like you guys, and all of them loved the film Cats. Yeah. But yeah. it has a what? Like eleven percent on Rotten Tomatoes. I personally think critics were just showboating on it. And I, no, yes, not because all of it's them. like critics love to write a bad review. They love to trash something that's like I will say it was a pile on. It was a lot of critics' last film to review before the holidays. Having been in this position, the last film before you leave for the holidays often is just like I'm gonna go nuts on this thing. Yeah, and yeah. I'm just gonna and, for sure. And it's unfair, but it kind of is just how it is. And, and, and it everybody feels insane it, by that time of year because you're right. exhausted. It like, doesn't surprise me. I think that there are two camps. There's people who love the musical Cats so much that they wanted like an entirely faithful adaptation with no changes whatsoever, the same costumes and makeup and everything. Those people don't like it. And then there are people who are like. Why does this exist? The CGI is so bad. Like well, they didn't it's a stupid it. idea for a movie. Yeah. And that's like those are both just beside the point. You just have to like give yourself over to cats. To cats. Yeah. It's really the movie that it reminded me the most of was Holy Motors. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not kidding. Okay, at now all. you just yeah. made me want to see it. Yeah. <laughs> okay. And somebody did something where they set the Jellicle Cat song to the beginning of climax, and I was <laughs> like, this is how I'm going to oh. get Emily to see cats. Yeah. Um, I mean, you didn't tell me it was a French extreme movie. Okay, <laughs> it is totally French extremist. That's the only way to sort of contextualize it cinematically, yeah. I think. Because it's also, I mean, it is a very faithful version of You would have a good though. tweet about it where you were like, this movie would be insane if it weren't like a perfectly faithful adaptation of an insane thing. No, because it's like, I I remember once showing my, my wife and her sister, uh, there was, it was like on A&E, like they broadcast the the uh, sort of the televised version of it. Like they filmed it once, the London production or something, the Andrew Lloyd Webber one. And they had never seen it. And I was like, oh, oh okay, you're sitting down. We're going to do this <laughs> right now. And I just like the experience of them being like, What? Like, what is even, uh, I like, they just did not, and like, it's the weirdest thing. And so I felt like this was actually, I was expecting at some point that the cats would be like, like mumble rapping or something. Like there'd be some sort of like nod to it being 2019, 2020. And like, other than like casting, it never really came. And that made it so much crazier than yeah. if they, I thought it was just going to be like trolls. Like they no. were going to sing like a Justin Timberlake song at some point. And like, <laughs> no, it's like the, it's like 1890s London. Yeah. Which yeah. is incredibly weird <laughs> yeah. to see happen at this, at this level of budget with this level of excitement. It rules. It's just a tribute to British Music Hall. So it's like the plot is that the Jellicle cats are having the Jellicle ball where they pick the cat that gets to ascend to the heavy side layer. Old Deuteronomy, the great old cat, oh, yes. picks <laughs> the cat that ascends to the heavy side layer. And they just are all having a competition of like which cat deserves to go. And they all sing songs about themselves. Is it like Survivor? Um, no, because you don't <laughs> die if you don't go. Sometimes you get thrown on a barge by McCavity, the mystery cat, who is played by Idris Elba, who's amazing. How's yeah. Jason Derulo? Amazing! That's the only thing I care about, it's to just, be honest with the you. The show is like one showstopper after another. They also made the great choice to not change the orchestration at all, which is like they didn't try to class it up and like lay Miz it up, which was brilliant, because if they had, it would suck. They just kept the 1981 Korg synth that they use in the original. So it has this just weird yeah. kind of vaporwave feeling yeah. to it the like whole Phantom, time. Like... It is like, yeah, it's, I, I learned, what I learned about Cats is that it kind of was the Star Wars of musicals. It was totally. not expected to be a hit at all. 
It got terrible reviews both in London and on Broadway, but it was like a huge, massive hit yeah. nonetheless. And it like destroyed the it, like created super musicals. Yeah, created Phantom and Miss Saigon and Les Mis and all the like big stunt musicals that took over. Speaking of Les Mis, did anybody see Tom Hooper's Les Mis? Yes, it was fine. I, that movie gets trashed on a lot. That's I liked like, it. Like people are really like a lot of film critics really have it out for Tom Hooper, and I understand well, because of like King's Speech is bullshit and stupid and boring. But like I actually think I like what he did with Les Mis enough, but I don't have a relationship with Cats, so I don't really like. It's I'm not, like, good oh, because he to... like he gave Les Mis the appropriate treatment for Les Mis. He gave Cats the appropriate treatment for Cats. I was seriously worried he was going to give Cats the Les Mis and try and make it serious and about something and it's like no it's fucking about cats you weren't at all put off by the cgi no by digital for technology not at all and i was like worried for the first there was like a minute in the beginning because i convinced like johnny and like our two friends who don't care about cats at all to go and i was like what if it's horrible oh no but there was like a moment where i was concerned and then i was like no this is great they look like people with cat bodies like it's not trying to be they it, look like wet seals well the one thing that <laughs> they're kind wet of, and plump <laughs> the thing that kind of makes me a little bit hesitant about it, or feels like a bummer to me about it is that like so much of it is cgi that the actual fun of seeing a musical where people are dancing and doing they're fun still movements dancing and doing fun movements they oh, there's still, all there's, yeah, there's all a kinds busby of busby berkeley number with roaches yeah it's really it's it's but do you th- when you look at it you're like wow i can't believe humans are doing that yeah they hired lay twins are like in the background know, of every scene just dancing <laughs> there is like some very good dancing and singing mm-hmm. um and the thing that i kept thinking that was it was like but a good version of it was because i also saw the lion king the disney remake of the lion king and that gave me the uncanny valleys really badly the whole time this did not because it's like but that's but that they're not trying to be humans though no but this is like you're not supposed to believe they're cats they're like humans in cat costumes but the cat costumes are virtual it's like judy judy dench in star wars they are digital costumes judy dench plays like an old cat named old deuteronomy yeah she's just which is like like reverse gender from how it yeah but she plays the cat who chooses the cat who gets to go and she's just like i don't know it's like they're cute you want to hug them how's taylor i don't know that i wanted to hug them i wanted to hug them. they did a weird choice they made a weird choice with the proportions i mean that is the one on candy (laughs) valley thing is that everything is whatever scale it needs to be that's my question are they tiny cats well okay but here's what they did it's a very this was a weird decision (laughs) they seem to have looked you've looked you've seen a cat everybody's seen a cat right yeah like so you could have done like oh it's a cat is like a long thing that has four legs they're like here's the we're gonna do a cat like from shoulder height this is how tall a cat is that's the impression i got the ground that doesn't matter so weird they look like those monkeys that come to steal your yes. food at national parks and other <laughs> yeah. countries you know like they have a weird sort of simian vibe because it's a human that's this that's a foot tall yeah. it doesn't take place Ugh. in any kind of reality that we know there are no humans and cats there's either. no humans and cats there's nothing to scale it they're in like a a weird abandoned post-apocalyptic london yeah <laughs> where only cats survive much like t.s Eliot's other work the wasteland yeah <laughs> wait so um, emily asked a very quiet question that I we need to answer which is how was Taylor Swift? Oh, she was great actually. She I've was one of the better on, parts. Yeah, I've I heard, was curious. I also about that too. this musical builds and builds, and like I was in a theater <laughs> with not a lot of people, but we were all like best friends by the end. You know, it uh-huh. was a great bonding film experience. 
everybody was singing along at certain points. I think if if you give yourself over to it, it's really it's really something. <laughs> and I just like it it like washed my brain. All I could think about was cats afterwards and that was great. I'm really bummed that I'm not going to get a screener for it. That was the one thing I was waiting on a screener for. I think this for. movie's going to do crazy numbers on streaming. That's my belief. Well, you have they, to go and experience I know, it. I know. With, it's so it's just amazing what it brings out of people cuz also like we were in this row. Well, first of all, there was the the lady in our row who jumped up and did, was in cat makeup the whole time and I was like Stop. she's just a super fan. <laughs> I was like, that's really cool. And we were just all enjoying the movie together. But then like when the open, the end credits hit, like just right out of her chair up onto that sort of little stage front there in Arclight and just doing the full like cat dance and everybody's cheering. Oh my so God. She was really a super fan. But then I, the person I felt bad for, there was a, a lady like one row back from us um, and everybody was just mystery science theatering the hell out of it, like yeah. to their partner. But then one guy was doing it sort of out loud. It was not me, I swear. <laughs> and he was getting a little, he was not funny and he was getting a little bit sort of like volume increasing, like trying to get a reaction and everything. And so memory is coming up, which is the big number. The sad yeah. song. The big sad song. And it's like, I mean, the Ascent to the Heaviside layer is like award season. Like you have to perform your suffering. And so yeah. Jennifer Hudson does this amazing version of memory that's she's like, great. actually, she's really, it's like legit. Like she just, you know, cuts your heart out after this. You're laughing at this whole movie. And then like, she's incredible. And, but you know, you have somebody has to land that. So the, the song is coming up and like the guy is like doing his like commentary and like sh- this lady clearly is this cat super fan who knows when memory is coming. And mm-hmm. she's like, could you please like just give me this one moment that I'm going to have with this. And then like everybody was quiet for memory. And memory very oh, my gosh. <laughs> well, I learned something about the plot of cats that makes it make a little more sense, um, which is that apparently it's well known among everybody in England that tuxedo cats can become invisible on the vernal equinox. Sure. Learned this looking up stuff about my own black and white cat. Um, but I was like, oh, yeah. People who are like, cats makes no sense. It's like, it makes its own kind of sense. It makes, it has its own, in, like a Star Wars, it has an internal logic that is flawless, but like impenetrable if you don't See, allow I, yourself. I always understood. I've never seen the show. I've never, have no, I've never really, I mean, I know some of the songs from it just by osmosis, but I just didn't, I assumed it didn't have a plot. Like, I assumed it was basically, like, a review. It is a review. I mean, after we saw it, like, my boyfriend was like, what is this movie about? They just introduced themselves for two hours. Yeah, and I was like, it's about class. Like, some of the cats are rich and live off the rich people's scraps. And and that's the James Corden cat. And some of the cats are poor and destitute, like Grizabella. It's about... London. Yeah, it's implied that Grizabella is a sex worker of some kind. Is like it? That, I, I mean, never picked that up as a child. But which I, one's Grizabella? That's the one who sings Memory. Oh, okay, so that's And they're the, like, she was J-Hud. a great star on the cat stage, and the now she is laid low. But it's weird because she seems young for that role. She is young for the role. I thought Judy Dench would be here. And also, yeah. Judy Dench, I found out, was supposed to be in the original production of Cats and like sprained her ankle during rehearsals and couldn't do it. So she's been anyway. waiting to do Cats this whole time. I thought she, Judy Dench sings Memory somewhere. She she, she she was supposed to originate huh. one of the roles. Maybe it was Send in the Cloud. Yeah. It's Maybe also I just like her. all the cats, all the names of the cats are really funny and fun to say. Skimbleshanks. Yeah. Skimbleshanks is, Skimbleshanks I brings felt, the house down. I, would, I left my body while that was happening because I, I couldn't believe it because it was also, you know, first of all, it's like, oh, he's a railway cat. You know, a railway cat. Like, <laughs> 
like <laughs> everybody the, in 2020 kids everybody knows a railway one cat one of the it's working a, class cats yeah but he's like a he's like a station master yeah. he's got a hat yeah choo, and then, choo. wait who's Skimbleshank he's the railway but, cat but who who plays Skimbleshank I don't know he uh, shows non, up with the mustache some Broadway he, he looks people. like the guy okay. from Eagles of Death Metal like as a cat <laughs> I can't really he does tap dancing on highly enough yeah it's it's so good is this the kind of thing where if you were in a union, you would get a screener or no? You seem to imply well, I'm no, like, no, no, no. They is pulled it out of Oscar consideration. Yeah, they completely uh, canceled. This is actually something that's really bothering me, too, because I hate that everybody associated with it is like running away from it, you know, like because it's a bomb because it's like it's going to have cult appeal for a million years. It is. Yeah. It's going to be an instant yeah. Rocky Horror. I felt like I was watching Rocky Horror in the theater, yeah. like on opening weekend. Right. And like. like if any of those people, like if if Taylor Swift or whoever was like, you know what, I thought it was a fun thing to do and I'm glad I did it. Like, I hope people enjoy it forever. Like, that would be cool. The fact that everyone's like not doing a press tour, like James Corden claimed he hadn't seen it even. It's just like maybe fucking... it wasn't a lot of fun to make. Oh, it looks like a lot of fun. It may look like maybe it was a bad maybe a cat bad school process. was really difficult. No, yeah, they all maybe seemed, kitty cat they all school. had a great time in cat school. Um, I mean, I think they probably didn't know. It was probably entirely green screen, and they had no idea what yeah. movie they were making while it was happening. So you know, and just, that's how you make a great film. But no, we should not. We cannot let this just sort of go directly to riff tracks. Like we can't just let them have right. it. Like we should all sort of embrace this while we can see it in the theater. It's all yeah. I mean, it's not an original movie, but it is like the weirdest big budget movie I've ever seen, and that to me is an accomplishment. You know. Well, I feel like yeah, I I feel like it's not going to go away. I feel like it's it's going to be like a, ten years from now. Now and it's forever. Mark. Now and forever. <laughs> now and forever. Maybe Emily and I just aren't cat people, and you guys are cat people. Maybe we're dog people. Oh, I'm gonna see it. I'm not like I'm not. I just like I I I, and I agree with you that it's not going to go away. But yeah, I just haven't seen it. I'm not going to see this movie. It gives everyone. I won't. <laughs> Someone had a theory that it gives everyone the toxoplasmosis <laughs> that you get from cats. <laughs> but don't forget that huffing cat pee, as uh, the study proved a couple years ago, makes you more ambitious. It well, is true. Thanks, everyone. <clears throat> and thank you, Alex, for coming by to talk about the two most important movies of 2019 and 2020, possibly. <laughs> Um, where can people find you on the internet? Oh God, Twitter. Um, I, I mean, unfortunately, <laughs> I know, unfortunately, hiding out on Twitter and uh, the you know various uh, uh, muckrack. Maybe I think muckrack. Muckrack is where you can see all the. I've discovered this that my mom found it. That's where all oh. of the stuff that I wrote goes. Uh, oh really? Uh, somebody yeah. is aggregating you. Or all of you probably being aggregated too. It aggregates and then you can email them and take control of your profile if you wish. Sounds exhausting. Well, find Alex Papademus on muckrack.com. <laughs> um, hiding out on Letterboxd, giving small cats thing on high a ratings. <laughs> um, we will be back next week. Uh, give us a night call in the meantime. Our number is 124046-NIGHT. You can also follow us on Twitter at NightCallPod, Instagram and Facebook at NightCallPodcast. And you can join our Patreon at patreon.com slash nightcall, uh, where you can get bonus episodes, a newsletter, mixtapes, all sorts of fun stuff. So check it out. And we'll be back next week. Meow.
Night Call is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. This is Malcolm Gladwell from Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. With some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Fuma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and two-door cinema club. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home.